Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. everybody how you doing yeah same well here we are it's broad street hockey my name is bill Matz. i am your director of fun and games for the evening uh it seems inappropriate to do my full like intro we're gonna get into some flyer stuff we're gonna have some fun on this show but we do want to like you know recognize current events recognize the uh the state of the union as it were and it's uh it's it's hard to know what to say in these circumstances. It's hard to know what your place is uh, because we're four white people doing a hockey podcast. So it's, uh, you know, I, I don't really know. So I'm going to open it up. I'm going to open it up to the panel and then, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get on with the hockey at some point or another. But let's start with introductions as we always do, leading it off with Kelly's, uh, Canada's own Kelly Hinkle. I almost said Kelly's own Canada Hinkle. I would have... I would have liked that, to be honest with you. I might have had a chuckle. Canada, Canada um, Hinkle works. Canada Hinkle at me. I don't, I don't know what to say either. Um, so I guess I'll just say that none of this is centered on me or people like me. But I am in such full support of what people are marching for and what they're marching against. And I feel actually... Um, I guess something resembling pride watching these kids go out there and stand up for what they believe in and put their actions behind what they say. It's good to know. I think for a long time it seemed like Americans generally were just so apathetic about everything that there would never be any kind of movement again that really pushed any real change. But in my entire life, this is the first time that I feel that the people who are doing the work for this kind of movement um, are doing, I mean, good job isn't the word, but like doing what they're doing in such an effective way that for the first time I actually feel like maybe we might get some actual change to either the way our governments function or the way people generally think about things or the things that we're willing to tolerate from the people that we pay with our money. Um, so I, yeah, I guess I, I just like, if anyone's listening to this that is going out there every day and marching for these things and making your voice heard, like, I'm just very thankful that you're doing it. So thank you. From the athletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, you know, to, to second kind of what, what Kelly said and when you, what, what, what you hinted at. I think what's, what's been really interesting to me about the, this past week, I guess, is that it's become, I think it was, it, it's become a point where if you're not saying anything, you really, you're, you're making a statement on your own. 
And I think that's that's important because there was part the reason why I think nothing was happening uh, with a problem that very clearly has been a problem for a long time is because of the feeling that, well, you know, you could just kind of stay out of it. And, you know, one reason why I think this is progressing the way it is, is that no one is really able to stay out of it. And if you're staying out of it, you're making a statement of your own. And um, you're seeing, you know, more social pressure, more things like that. And, uh, and I think that's important because um, people are being forced to, to take a side. And, and I think that's, in a way a lot healthier than than what we've been uh what we've been doing for for years um it's it's hard and you know it that that, that's the the thing that's come up you know a lot in conversations i've had is like these are uncomfortable conversations but they're conversations that have to be had and i think for too long we've been tiptoeing around them and avoiding them because it's easier and uh and not all the conversations are going to be good necessarily you're you're going to have conflict with with people in your life most likely but it's it's a situation where doing nothing is no longer okay. And and I think that's good. Last but certainly not least, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. Yeah, so I've been nodding along with Charlie and Kelly as, as they're talking about how you know, these kids who are, you know, not really much younger than us, but are out protesting and how we all need to speak up and, and do something. And I completely agree i mean this is this is not the time for white people to to be quiet and do nothing we've done enough of that over the the many decades that our black and brown friends and and fellow humans have just been hurting they've been hurting and they've been looking for an answer and we've just been quiet and we can't do that anymore. So if you participated in the Blackout Tuesday, like please use the rest of this week to either amplify black and brown voices or to to do something. You, silence is, is no longer acceptable. You've got to be able to either be out and protesting, donating money to, to a cause, whether it's you know, a, a bail fund or, you know, Black Girl Hockey Club. That's something that we're all fans of. And it, it's easy It's easy to just donate money, um, even if it's a couple bucks. Um, or to amplify Black voices. There are plenty of them uh, in hockey and in life, obviously. Um, but it, it's time to do something. The, the time has, has long been up for white people to just stand aside and, and let black people fight for equality themselves. It's time that we start fighting for them as well. Yeah. Uh, I think, it, you know, I have a, um, as much as my public persona is straight up, don't give a fuck about anything. I, I, I do have like a carefully curated, uh, like social media, you know, identity that I, I'm always like, okay, how can I not say something about this? How can I, just, I, I don't, listen, I'm trying to make it in media. I'm not trying to say a bunch of shit, but at a certain point, you have to just look at the world for what it is and say, our institutions, um, namely the police departments of this country, have too much power. There needs to be a radical reorganization of the institutions in this country because I, it's not about individual good cops or bad cops. It's beyond that. It's, it's a culture in which someone wearing a uniform with a badge 
is above the law in some way, is uh, they're tasked to serve and protect, but all they really serve and protect is the status quo. And the status quo, as we're seeing, isn't good enough for a lot of people. So that needs to change dramatically. And uh, I don't know the course of action, but I know that having these conversations is fucking tough. But we have to, because shit, man, world can't be like it is much longer. It won't, we won't, there won't be fucking hockey to podcast about because shit's on fire because we let it get to this point. And that's yeah. my opinion. Uh, that's my point. Uh, we've seen a lot of, uh, we've seen a lot of responses from, you know, uh, from, you know, I, I don't even know, but like Kraft Mac and Cheese all the way to, uh, you know, bicycle companies and shit. But uh, I'm looking at the NHL, the players and team responses specifically how ideally would we like to see the NHL as an entity respond? I've seen a ton of criticism uh, for what isn't said in a lot of these social media posts and uh, things like that. How ideally would we like to see the NHL as an entity and the players and teams respond? I mean, ideally, like Ben and Jerry's. It's like the easiest way to say it. Because Ben and Jerry's is the only brand that I saw. I mean, the idea that we give a shit what corporate brands say out loud. I mean, we all know that anything that they say is just empty bullshit. They don't care about people. They don't care about workers. It's we're human capital stock to them. They don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter if they say something good or bad at the end of the day. But if you're going to say something, say something that fucking matters. Ben and Jerry's at least did that. Um, Don't come at me with like a word salad that literally says nothing. It's just a bunch of words. It's not a statement. It's just, oh, we don't support bad things. We only support good things. And we hope that you like our brand because we're not bad. And it's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. I'm going to go out and buy some Adidas now. It's just like, it's (laughs) fucking stupid. I hate it. I, I almost would rather none of them say anything. And let's just stop pretending that they actually give a fuck about what's going on. And that's on. the, like, I, I think sometimes I'm like, why do I want to hear what uh, what this brand has to say about, whether it be the NHL or some, but like you just said, we all just said, it's to the point where you can't say nothing. Saying nothing is its own statement, so they do feel the need to say something, and then they do, and it's like, yes, equality, good. Like, oh, thanks. I thought you were for non-equality. Like, I, I just... <laughs> I don't want to do... Did you give any of again. your workers raises? That's, you know, we're do for equality. Bad. At the end of the day, these protests and the systematic problems that exist exist because of our economic system. Yeah. And until that is acknowledged, nothing's actually going to change. So actually, fuck these brands. Fuck what they're saying. Fuck the suits that crafted these stupid statements that are meaningless. Because at the end of the day, they're not going to give anybody a raise. Yeah. They're not going to support anyone's goals in life. They're not going to do anything to improve communities around them. They're just fucking bullshit. So who cares? Well, Sorry, I'm worked up we've, again. We've, we've jumped into Kelly Rant's house. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, this is correct the, opinions with Kelly Hinkle. Yeah, right. Uh, the the point I'll make, and I've kind of went back and forth on this idea of is it even worth it for you know these teams and these brands and these players to to get out there if they're not going to say anything you know substantial. Let let's say. And I went back and forth on it because I do believe that you know these these 
the, this particularly the statements that are just so very obviously written by a PR you know a PR agency or whatever that don't really mean anything that it's kind of like what's the point but I've, I've sort of swung around on it to a degree because I think that you know even if a statement is like mealy mouth or whatever I, I think it's important and, and I, I don't hope hopefully I'm articulating this correctly I think it's important that there's just so many voices on the side of you know racism is bad and they're you know is stru- there are structural problems in you know policing and our nation as a whole that there's enough voices that at least acknowledge that that it makes it so it's even more socially unacceptable to hold the other opinion like i i do believe there's an importance there because i think there's an there there there's it's important for for that side to feel as isolated as possible because so much of this is social pressure. I mean, so much like, yeah, there's going to be some people who just have their line in the sand, but in the end, like a lot of this is social pressure, pressuring people to think about things they haven't thought about before. And it's a lot harder to just be certain that this isn't something worth their time when it seems like everyone else in the world is acknowledging that it is. So that's sort of where I'm at. I still ideally would like it for, you know, I tweeted out yesterday that, look, like, if you're going to tweet something out, you're going to piss off the, the people on the other side anyway, so you might as well, like, actually say something meaningful, which I do also, I do think is just a logical way to look at it. But even just getting something out there, it, it I think it does serve to further isolate the people who are, in my mind, on the very obvious wrong side of this. That's a fair point. Yeah, I was actually, I was waiting for to see if Charlie would bring up his tweet because I, I thought that that was super important. Like, whatever you say, if you say anything, the people that are going to be angry are already going to be angry, no matter how blasé your statement is. So at least make it matter. Like, make it matter. Because the people who are going to be pissed off are going to be pissed off no matter what you say. Also, super cool that you're, like, pissed off. Like, you don't want to piss off the, uh, gun-toting racists that are you know around fishtown wearing flyers jerseys god that fucking hurt my soul to see that that let's go flyers chant like god damn it yeah and that's like it seems so purposeful you know like i understand that this is a sport that's 98 and a half percent white or something and i understand that some of our audience isn't gonna like us talking about that i think we're a, a podcast run by us, so a lot of our audience aligns with the way we think, but it only takes a few minutes on Twitter to realize that's not completely yep. true. Um, it, it, it seems like when I, when I heard that, it was like a weaponized, yeah, well, this is the white sport. Like, ah, oh, son of a yeah, fucking fuck bitch. Fuck off, man. Like, just I just do the like eagles it. like you always do. <laughs> yeah. That's, don't, don't don't ignore my goddamn sport forever and now use me as a fucking right? weapon. What do you, you ever assholes? hear a Let's Go Flyers chant like in the world randomly? It's always the fucking Eagles. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, 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 that that really that bummed me out a lot just to see that this thing that I love so much like straight up used as it, like a dog whistle, basically, you know. Steph is on the phone. Is that the bat phone? She can't hear us. Her headphones are out. It might uh, it might storm here. So if you hear thunder, I apologize. 
Oh, yeah, I heard there was some, supposed to be a storm. I'm supposed to close my basement windows, but um, yeah. my dryer isn't plugged into anything, so, like, when it runs, my whole basement fills with humidity, and apparently that's, like, exhaust. Um, yeah. So I like to leave the windows open just as a little leeway. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Now we've gotten real off track. <laughs> yeah, back to the real world. Um yeah, so, like, the Flyers' response and, and all that, like, what did we think just reading the, uh, reading what you. they put out on social media, what some of the players have had to say? What have we thought about what the Flyers have had to say? I mean, like the team, they haven't really said much, um, at least from what I saw. I think the statement with the most teeth came from, Noted barstool bro Kevin Hayes, which was kind of surprising to me, but um, <laughs> I mean, again, like, I d- at the end of the day, like, I don't actually care what any of these people think about this. Like, I care what people around me think of it. I care on like a macro level about what everyone thinks about it. But I, like, I know people are super pissed that Claude Giroux hasn't said anything. And, like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't mean that Claude Giroux in his life is somehow, like, supporting the idea of a fascist band of cops running around kicking the shit out of people. But also, like you said, Bill, like, people are trying to balance, like the brands. These guys are brands. Like, they are trying to balance their livelihood with what's going on and, like, if Claude Giroux is worried that he's going to fuck up his career by making a statement, like, that sucks. It sucks that he thinks that way. It sucks that he's not really willing to, like, risk saying something. But also, I don't care. Like, I just don't. I care a little bit that he hasn't said something. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do, and I think it's fair that you do. Like, I'm not mad about it. I just, like, say something. It's, 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 say anything. It's... Like I, I said to start the show, like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse to keep quiet anymore. Like, you've got, you've got to be, you've got to say something. You have to. Yeah, and like, um, uh, it's not, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, like, hold it against Claude Giroux when hockey comes back. Like, if he scores a goal, I'm not gonna, because that's just not, I'm not looking for leadership in racial issues from Claude Giroux, uh, right. it would be nice if he said something, 100%. Uh, but I will say, like, Carson Wentz, who I'm a big fan of on the football field, and I just assume uh, I don't want to hang out with that guy. Um, when I read his statement, I was like, oh, shit. I yeah. really support him now. So, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Like, wasn't that, wasn't that just a nice breath of fresh air? I was like, oh, my God. Wentz? Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because, I mean, let's be real. Carson I Wentz can draw like, a lot of it, and that's on me. I can just draw assumptions based on what I thought about him, based yeah. on his upbringing and persona, and then, you know, he comes out and is cool. Uh, so, uh, good. it would be nice if I heard that kind of thing from the captain of the team, that I love the most, I guess. Yeah, nice. and and um, did we lose Charlie? We did. Yeah, I just realized he wasn't here. His power went out. Oh shit! Okay. Um, so you know, the first flyer to say something was Nolan Patrick, and that was on 
Thursday um, where it was just an Instagram story and it was a, a picture of George Floyd with um, the quote that he can't breathe and say my name. And that was that was the first flyer and only flyer to say something at all up until Blackout Tuesday, which mm-hmm. in, in, in my opinion, and, and a, there's a lot of different opinions out there and all of them are fine. Um, most of them are fine, not all of them. Um, but I, I think that Blackout Tuesday was just, it was an easy way out. Like, you've already been quiet. Continuing to be quiet for this one day means absolutely nothing. Um, but that's when we saw a lot of people come out. JVR had a good statement. Um, I'm looking to see, because I, I made a thread of which flyers were participating. Uh, JVR's statement was, for the last week I've had a pit in my stomach. Growing up, my parents always stressed the golden rule to my brothers and I. It has become very clear that while that is a good start, speaking up and speaking out against inequality and discrimination needs to happen as well. I will never understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of black men and women in our country, but I certainly can speak up and speak out to support equality more outwardly. My eyes and ears are open to try and be part of the solution. So that's a good statement. Great. And that's that's a good statement. And now it's just um, the people who did put out those statements. I hope those aren't just, you know, PR. I, I have no idea. I don't know what James. I don't think it like. is from JVR um, because I know that he's. So he's the the uh, NHLPA rep for the yeah. Flyers. Um, I, I think that he's really involved in the You Can Play project as well. Um, so I don't think that it is from JVR. The rest of them, though, I don't know. No, I'm just like anyone, individual, JVR, whoever, for people who put out statements like, I need to be more proactive for these causes and in these communities. Now I just hope it's, um, okay, let's follow through then. Let's not, let's, uh, let's not only talk about this shit when there's a dead person in the street, you know? Yeah. When there's a and, dead black man in the street, let's talk about it when there isn't, too. Yeah. And bigger than the Flyers, um, and I'm not going to read their statements out loud, but bigger than the Flyers, go look at Tyler Sagan's note. Yeah. Which, like, from Tyler Sagan, I was shocked. Another was, pleasant surprise. It was really, really good to see. And and Jonathan Taves, who, you know, they they call him, what do they call him? Captain Sirius. Yeah, Captain Sirius. <laughs> Jonathan Taves had a great statement. And and the people who don't really know Jonathan Taves is this super hippie, extremely progressive dude. We're yeah. probably really surprised, but he is. I mean, he's just Fairly sure not he's a that. comrade. <laughs> he, he, he is. He is. Um, but, like, no one expected that from him. And, God, it was so good to see. So I'm not I'm not going to read their statements because no, no, no. they're they're long. But go go look out go look for just those two if nothing else because they were they were impressive and also Carson Wentz and read the stories of minority play. I like we're we're pushing. Oh all God, these, yeah, uh, no, that's much more important. Yeah, Thank we're you. we're pushing. Oh, this guy said this good thing. Oh, my whiteness. Maybe I should look into this. Like, uh, read the stories of some some minority players. Uh, Thank you. Just. You know, Keandre Miller, guys like that. 
Uh, look at what they have to say. These are shared experiences. As much as you want, I'm not like that. So uh, what? It's I'm not racist. Well, even if you're not racist, you have to realize people experience this shit. They're not making it up. They're not yeah. lying to you. Read their stories and understand that this is a community uh, that that does actually go through these things on a daily basis. Yeah. No, that's so much more important than reading the statements from hockey I, ju- I just like, realized, like, oh, my God, now we're just talking about white people again. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you, because I needed I needed to be told. Like, that's so much more no, important. No, no, and it's all important. It's all important. But, but across, so across SB Nation, if you go and look, um, Pension Plan Puppets, we just put up a story, um, words from a black blogger, a dark past with a hope for a brighter future. Like, go read that. It's a beautiful story from Omar, um, where he talks about what it's like being a hockey fan and also being black. Um, go read that because that's super important. Um, and we've had... A lot uh, across not only NHL, but also the other sports and SB Nation. What it's like being black in America and what it's like being black in the world. Go read those because that's really what we want to focus on right now. And and amplify. Amplify those voices. All it takes is a retweet. Mm -hmm. Just to jump in, I lost power for like 10 minutes, so that's why I haven't been talking just to explain um apparently philadelphia just got hit with like an incredibly huge storm with ridiculously high winds so that's why i disappeared sorry guys no, i can yeah, hear we, my we trash noted, blowing we noted around that you outside had, yeah we noted that it had, that you had dropped off and that you had lost power so um also Voorhees is about to get hit with the storm i don't know if anybody has noticed that my my room has gone completely dark same yeah I mean, if my power goes out then i'll be back to you as soon as i can it's coming it's coming from like west to east so you're you're probably about 10 minutes away awesome awesome good stuff, good stuff. i'm probably gonna lose power momentarily but we will push on I'm, right. I'm glad that i watered my plants this morning <laughs> good timing <laughs> that's uh all right we're we're like 25 ish minutes in or so, take a so break. What we're gonna what we're gonna do right here is take a little break uh, you're gonna hear an advertisement from one of these uh, from one of these awesome brands that we love so much uh, that we just spent 20 minutes saying mm-hmm. how good they were. So listen uh, to one of our sponsors, and we'll be back on the other side. All right, I think it's time to uh, talk about some hockey, right? Hey-o. All right. Uh, so when we last talked, it was uh, high excitement. Hockey's got a plan. There were no dates or anything. Nothing was exact. Nothing was completely worked out. But it's been a week. I don't really think we have any details. Are we still excited? Yeah, we haven't heard a damn thing since that Batman presser, have well, we? I, I mean, I mean, they're going through the same thing that yeah, we're all yeah. going through, which well, is this fair. idea the idea of, you know, do we put out anything and yeah. take the spotlight oh, no, away if, from what's going on? I, point, I mean, I, 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 mean I can... I, I can say that as a, you know, as a, a hockey writer, like this is my job and it's been weird trying to figure out like, okay, I mean, I guess my job is still to write hockey articles, so I'm still going to write hockey articles, but I also, you know, I know it's in poor taste to be pumping up, pumping out hockey articles and throwing them out on social media and read my stuff, subscribe for my, for my thing. So I'm sure the NHL is dealing with the same thing where I'm sure they have things that they've agreed to over the last week i can't imagine they just stopped talking in the interim but 
you know, if you start leaking information to, you know, to the national reporters, how is it received? So I, I suspect that there's been more going on than we even realize. It's just that they know as well as, you know, someone like me does that this might not be the right time to, you know, try to steal the, the spotlight. Oh, yeah. No, it's 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 why if they have the whole thing entirely worked out, uh, they can't put it out this week like that just. No. That just becomes a, a discussion about, oh, yeah, now no one cares anymore because the sports are back. And, like, we thought that about coronavirus, and now there's a whole other thing going on. So, no, they, in fairness, they can't put shit out this week. I may be getting a tornado. Yep. This is wild. Sorry, yep. didn't mean to take away from the <laughs> NHL statement, but it's like, I may be getting a tornado. Fun. Fun times. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, the NHL can't put out a statement. I saw that the NBA did, um, and that's fine because I think that they've all been so preactive, well, proactive um, in addressing the state of the country right now, uh, whereas the NHL is a little wishy-washy. I don't expect there to be a bigger plan or bigger announcements for a little while like the, the what they're doing right now is getting players back on the ice whether that's at home where they are finding a rink where they are and, and having small group workouts or bringing them back to in our case Voorhees um I think that that's really where we're at right now and there won't be any updates for a couple weeks. And, like, logistically, uh, the the NBA, much smaller rosters, and, by and large, American citizens play on those teams. Yeah. The majority of NHL players, not American citizens, there's just more logistically to work out. Yeah, and I think, it's like, where they're at right now is they're moving into phase two, which is essentially players yeah. back working out in small groups and whatnot. But what you're what you're seeing is that even though even though in theory the NHL has now given players permission to return to their home cities and work in you know work in small groups on the ice with facilities that can be open if the the states and local governments have allowed it, most players are just staying home. Like some are are considering coming back for phase two, but my understanding is most players, because they're in their their towns or cities or whatever, where they already do have access to rinks and they already do have small groups of players from those cities that they work out with anyway. And it's sort of like, well, why am I going to bother? You know, why am I going to bother coming back when I feel safer here anyway? And um, and I can just be in my comfort zone and work out there. So because of that. Even though phase two is like is coming, I don't know if it's going to really do much in the short term. Like phase three, which is when the the team start, the players will start coming back to the facilities. That's when we're that 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 that's when this is going to get real. You know what I mean? Because right now it's yeah. just basically players are now getting more flexibility to go work out in their home arenas, or not even home arenas, but just home rinks. And also, like uh, I think yesterday, Anton Strawman had some comments about, you know, not even being sure that this is a good idea at all generally. So there, and I'm assuming he's not the only person that thinks this, so there might be quite a lot of guys that are simply not going to risk bringing this disease home to their families to get workouts in until they're forced to do so by their employer. So 
I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, nothing's really going to happen until things happen, which is probably going to be a while. It would be nice to have some hockey. That's all. I Wouldn't just hate it. And I realize, like, the target, like, all, if everything goes right, it's July 1st training camp starts. Yeah. So I well, know now, we're now, still now a now month. Now it's July 10th. They, July they backed 10th. up to July 10th, okay. yeah. So, like, now we're still over a month away from even just that, you know? Um, it's it's it takes some time, but I saw the NBA put a plan out today, and they have actual dates and everything, and you know they're it comes out what ten days later or whatever after the NHLs. So I was just like, ah oh, man, why don't we have dates or anything? But everything we've so, said here kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and Bettman actually addressed that on his uh, his press conference with. The press. That's the dumbest thing I've said. <laughs> um, during his press conference, um, where like he doesn't want he's he's not going to put dates on it because everything is so fluid. And I think he actually said, if anybody is coming to you with dates, they're just making it up. So yeah, that's, that's fair. That's also you know, that's yeah. uh, from from the big man from no, the bet man. He's small. It's, it's, I know. I was going to say it's the first time he's ever been called big man. <laughs> oh man, he's no, the it's, man. It's, it's a fair point, though. It's a fair point in that, uh, like, they don't want to. They the NBA is doing something different. The NBA is trying to create excitement by creating set dates and hoping that they can adhere to them. Whereas the NHL is looking at it as we don't want to set dates and then have to change them and then have people get all angry and disappointed. So it's just two different strategies. We'll see which one works out best. So there was a bit of Flyers news this week uh, on, I believe, what was it, Monday? They signed Linus Hogberg to his entry-level contract. No, I feel it was, like it was actually Saturday. 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 Yeah. I don't know what, what I don't know what day today is. I don't know. No, that's they had till Monday and they got it done on Saturday. That's the that's the story, right? Uh, wait, what? What did you say? Sorry. They had till Monday, but they got yes. it done on Saturday. That is yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Monday was the deadline. So it feels like he's been in the organization for a decade and a half. I just, he's, I've never seen the guy play outside of, you know, like Apple Yard clips and stuff, but he's here. Uh, obviously, you know, the World Juniors and everything, but um, 21 years old, played in the SHL a few years, fifth round pick in 2016. Uh, he'll be joining Igor Zamula and Wylett Wiley as first year professionals next season, most likely with the Phantoms. Uh, this is good, right? They're taking care of business, getting a guy signed that has been in a steady player in a professional league for a few years now. I've I've always liked Hogberg. Um, he's yeah, always I always been, think of him as Charlie's guy. Yeah, he's always been one of my uh, one of my favorite like under the radar guys. And, and to be clear, I'm not I'm not saying that he's one of my favorites. Cause I think he's going to be the the star level player by any means. But what what always intrigued me about him is that. I do think that it's important, and I think you saw it this year. Um, you know, there, there's always been, like, you know, it, people who are detractors of advanced stats and just kind of the way that, like, people like me tend to think about the game is like, oh, well, you just want you, – you would think a defense would be great if it had six Shane Goss' bears. And no, not really. Like, yeah, if you had six Shane Goss' bears playing at the level that Shane Goss' bear was playing in his rookie year 2017-2018, then, yeah, I would take that. But – Unless you have six guys who are just flat-out studs, you're going to need some guys who are really good at offense and some guys that are actually good at defense. The problem is is that a lot of the guys who we are sold are actually good at defense aren't actually good at preventing shots, chances, and goals against. That's the problem. 
Well, what I've always liked about Hogberg is that he, it's really hard to find those guys that are actually good at defense, that project to, because it's not just being good at defense, it's also having the mentality that you're willing to be defense first, and then actually being good at is the, 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 then the necessary thing after that. But like Hogberg is interesting because he's a good skater, he's a good passer, but he's He's willing and he actually likes to be more defensively oriented, be more conservative. And those guys are rare. Like, if you can find a guy like, and I'm not saying that Hogerberg is going to become this, but if, like the guys like Nicholas Chalmerson and Mark Edward Vlasic before he got crappy over the last couple of years, and even like Anton Strahlman, like those are very rare players, and they're great players to have because they can be that that defensively oriented guy who stabilizes a pairing who you can put next to a Shane Gosses bear and then have that pairing just, just destroy. And um, and I, what I liked about Hogberg is that he's kind of a rare archetype as an NHL defenseman, or at least he theoretically projects to be. And hey, maybe maybe you'll get to the AHL and he won't be good enough, or maybe you'll get to the the NHL and he'll produce play driving numbers like Robert Haig. We don't know, but I think it's worthwhile to try to develop those kind of guys because they're really really hard to actually find. And when you actually find one you know, you, you're set. I mean, look, like, there's a reason why Nicholas Chalmerson was a key player on the Blackhawks when they won, you know, when they won their cup. There's a reason why Mark Edward Vlasic, you know, why the, the Sharks were such a good team. Like, you needed a Mark Edward Vlasic to balance out having Brent Burns. Like, you, that that's the kind of shit that you need. And not saying Hogberg is going to be anywhere near those guys, but I like the idea of developing and looking for players that fit that style because I do think it's important, as long as they're actually good at it. Yeah, and especially considering so many of our young defensemen are kind of offensively oriented. It'll be nice to be able to balance that out with homegrown talent because I I I feel like with the cap situation being what it is, the Flyers are going to need to fill a lot of spots with entry-level contracts just because we've got top-end talent that's going to need to get paid. Cap's not really going up. Um, So being able to pop in – a good, not great, reliable defenseman that you're paying absolutely no money. It's probably a good thing for the Flyers. With the with the signing of Hoberg, like I said, he'll be joining Zamula and Wyatt Wyatt Wiley. Uh, what's up with our other Wyatt Wyatt Kalanick? I think he's telling us to fuck off. Is what it feels like. Um, I don't know if I go that far. I, wow. My my understanding is that he just hasn't made his decision yet. And I mean, is that does that bode exceptionally well? No. I mean, ideally, he would be, you know, just saying, yeah, I'm definitely going to sign. But I don't think it's by any means a foregone conclusion that he's leaving. Because um, the rule is is that once he officially tells the NHL that he's de-enrolling from school, he has 30 days to sign with the Flyers. And if he waits 30 days, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent and can sign with anybody. Now, I'm not even sure if he's officially started the 30 days yet. Mm. Um and I, I noted this in my article. One of the one of the things that's kind of in limbo right now is this it's this back and forth between the NHL and the NHLPA about whether you can start contracts that you sign prospects to this season. Like that's the big thing with uh, Kaprizov uh, with uh, Minnesota, uh, who's like a top prospect in the Wild, and and the player they want him to sign. Um, so he could potentially join the team for the playoffs. I mean, he's already a really good forward in the KHL, so he's he's ready. He's good enough. Um, the NHL so far has claimed that because of the weird nature of this season, that this, the, the soonest a contract can start is next season, 
Well, the NHLPA, understandably, doesn't like that. So they're going back and forth. I think Larry Brooks had an article on it this past weekend that, Mm -hmm. you know, the the NHLPA is not happy with this, and it's far from a foregone conclusion that that's going to be the final decision. Well, you know, Wyatt might just be waiting on clarification there because if it turns out, like not saying that he's going to be able to join the team for, you know, a return to play and he's going to play in the playoffs. I don't think he's that good of a prospect. But if he theoretically were to sign a contract that starts this season, that's one year one year sooner he gets to a second contract, one year sooner he potentially gets to bigger money. So, you know, it could just be as simple as he's waiting on more clarification on how these contracts are going to work. But I, I, I do agree that, like, ideally this would be done. But, you know, we, we've we spent I, – I feel like one thing Flyers fans and maybe all hockey fans love to do is they love to panic themselves that, oh, my God, this guy's not going to sign with us. I mean, for three years we heard that screaming at Wade Allison and Tanner Lezinski, and guess what happened? They both signed. Well, they did lose the rights to David Bernhardt, uh, the, no! 20, oh, the no, 2016 seventh-round pick. Uh, is this is this any sort of loss? No, I mean this this was a decision the Flyers made. The, okay, that that was that was the thing with Hogberg was that like if Hogberg didn't sign, it wasn't because he wouldn't sign with the Flyers. It was because the Flyers had chosen not to sign him. The uh-huh. Flyers chose to sign him with Bernhardt. The Flyers chose not to sign him and. You know, I, I watched Bernhard at a lot of development camps, and there there was something there. You saw it once in a while. Like, he's a, he's a big guy. He has a good shot. There's some offensive instincts, but the the skating, the passing, the it was just – he was kind of a, just a choppy player. And, you know, if they would have signed him, whatever, see what you can build out of it. But I – he was never a guy who I looked at as like a real viable NHL prospect. Also, we have a we got a lot of projects right now in the system. I feel like maybe we don't need another project prospect. I'm good on those. <laughs> I mean, at some point you need to ice a competent AHL team, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether <laughs> David Bernhardt was that guy. So, what are yeah. the where are the Flyers in terms of the contract limit? Is what I'm trying to look up right now. I believe they're at 48 at the moment, but but that doesn't like, kick in till next year and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, exactly. There, there are players who are who are going to be free agents whose contracts they're going to drop. So I, I don't think they're, I don't think there's a problem here. Like I saw some people making the point that well, if they signed Hogberg, that means that he's their replacement for for Kalnuk, and like they can fit both. If if they want to, they can fit both, and I certainly get the impression they want to sign Wyatt Kalnuk. It just comes down That's, to whether he wants to sign with the Flyers. They have 36 contracts for next season, so they're well under the limit for next year. Yeah, and they'll sign more people. They have some, you know, some unrestricted and restricted free agents they got to resign. But I, I don't yeah, envision yeah. this being a, a major problem. One thing that's interesting about Hogberg, and I think this is worth pointing out. Um, because it is something that the NHL could potentially run into, um, NHL teams could potentially run into for next season, is the uncertainty surrounding the AHL. Um, you know, the NHL obviously is a league that, you know, yeah, they make a lot of money with with tickets and concessions and everything like that, but they make enough money off of TV deals that um, that they can that it's worth their while to play, even if fans aren't allowed to come in. The AHL is different. I don't think the AHL can really have a season without fans in the stands, just economically. I don't think they Interesting. can do it. So if if it comes to be October and November and whatnot, and, you know, 
the AHL is putting off their start date. Maybe they're like, well, you know, there might be a vaccine in January, so we're going to start our season in January alongside the NHL. And then the SHL is saying we're going to start normal time. Do the Flyers consider loaning Hogberg back to his Swedish league team so he can play? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think okay. they want. I think they want him to come over. I think you know because I, I when I talked to uh, to Brent Flair on Saturday after the signing, I asked him that, and he made it very clear that like, look, we wouldn't assign him if we didn't think he was ready to come over and play in North America. But for a prospect, the most important thing is playing. And if he can start playing in October in the SHL and he'd have to wait until January and potentially longer if there's no vaccine to play in the AHL, maybe they do loan him back. It's just a a hunch of mine. Um, And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying I think uh, large gatherings of people will be back sooner than a lot of us think they will be. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure it's going to be like a don't. good idea, but I feel no, like no, they're yeah, going not to saying allow that. it sooner yeah. than we thought. But then the question is, even if they tell us it's fine to go to a Flyers game, how many people are going to feel okay going to a Flyers game with no like vaccine or cure or anything like that popping up for this thing? I'm not sure that they would be able to draw a crowd even if they were allowed to. But people are crazy, so I don't know. I, I think they would. I, I, I suspect attendance will be down across the board, yeah. but I think people will still go. Probably. You're probably right. Yeah, that's my, my guess. People is, are insane. My guess is it'll be enough people that it's worth turning the lights on, but um, it, it will definitely be down some. Yeah, it feels right. But yeah, that's an interesting... I hadn't thought of that because, yeah, unless... I mean, who the hell's watching AHL games on TV unless it's literally your job? No, like, exactly. their whole revenue has to be gate, right? Like, yeah, yeah, all pretty of it. much. Yeah. Which yeah, like, they, they, they have some local advertising deals and whatnot in yeah. their, their, their cities. But, no, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no, you know, billion-dollar television contracts that they're getting any money out of. <laughs> right. And a lot of these teams, too, like, a lot of these teams aren't financially linked to the parent clubs. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called affiliates. So it's not even like the parent clubs can, like, subsidize the affiliates with the money they're making off of the NHL because a lot of these teams are independent. Yeah, like the Phantoms used to be part of the i believe they used to be owned by comcast before they sold them yeah and then so now it's like their own little bubble and if they don't make their money they could fold and then we would just have to like link ourselves to another ahl team it's like meaningless at this point call up the royals baby (laughs) (laughs) you're not we're we're not we're not calling up players we're literally calling up an entire unrelegate them is there a word (laughs) for unrelegating is that a thing i don't watch soccer promotion promotion there it is that feels I love like the Ottawa Senators should absolutely have to play a year in the AHL. They should be relegated, along <laughs> well, I, with I, I, the fucking Red Wings. Send that's how we. That's how we keep this thing alive. When you come back, put like ten teams in the AHL. Premier League rules now. The seven roll. teams that didn't make this comeback, yeah, you're all in the AHL. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, I I think I articulated on probably on Ice Sport like a year or two ago that my opinion for the Ottawa Senators is that the Ottawa Senators as an organization should be folded effective immediately. And then the very next year, Ottawa should be given another franchise with a different owner. Oh my God, Charlie, I told Micah that one time and he loved it so much (laughs) that I thought he was going to (laughs) die. That is my solution to the Ottawa Senators. It's a really good idea. (laughs) 
<laughs> when the Sixers kept not getting the first overall pick, I said on Yelling About Sports a bunch of times, let's sell the team to Seattle. We'll get an expansion team in a year or two or a major market. Like, they're cursed. Let's just get rid of it and get a new one. It was that's not why you said that. You just hated the Sixers for a long well, time. Well, I wanted to oh, troll Taylor because he's a processor, but that's besides the point. I, I'm just I need to point out that that was not why you said it. You decided that you were gonna take the stance that Philadelphia does not deserve a basketball team. And... No, we deserved a basketball team that wasn't cursed. Mm. Oh, remember Taylor. Yeah, RIP. No, he's alive. He's alive. He's good. <laughs> He's alive. I miss being in a room with you people. It's it was a it was it was good and fun. Yeah. Yeah, I remember people. Remember them? I didn't realize like, you know, I got a couple of close friends that I see all the time. I didn't realize I actually needed them in my life. I just thought right? it was fun drinking with them. Yeah. Yeah, I've said it a thousand times. I really thought I hated people. Turns out I fucking love them. <laughs> weird. <laughs> it is weird how this has all happened. Uh, good. All right, do we have anything else? What's nah. this what's this thing here? The 10 worst f- seasons in Flyers history. I think we can Some save guy that wrote for that. Yeah. I, I think we can save that for a much less depressing time in, you know, world history. But <laughs> definitely uh, out there if you're an athletic subscriber, click it and read it and give Charlie that green smiley face at the end. Uh, Always give the green smiley face. It's very important, people. I do Extremely it. Extremely important. I also do it in, like, the Flyers bathroom, like at the Wells Fargo Center, how they have those <laughs> things around now. <laughs> My experience in this bathroom was great. Yeah, smiley nobody face. nobody uh, pissed in a sink, and I thought that was really great. So I'm going to give this a green smiley face. Oh, man. All right, I think uh, I think that's all. That's all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. I know it was a different episode. We didn't actually have like an outline today, so we just kind of went with our feelings for the first half of the show and uh, talked about some things that we don't normally get into. But uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Give us good reviews. Tell your friends. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Write us handwritten letters of support. All those things are great for us because we're all egomaniacs. That's why we do this. Uh, I'm speaking for myself, really. But, yeah, uh, that's it. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!